program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Lori Lee. And Lori and I met at a networking group called Heartworking, if I remember correctly, where I presented at. But it's so far away from me. It's like an hour drive. So <laughs> I just go when I'm presenting at that at that particular group. But um, we met and you also do a podcast. But how many years have you been doing this podcast that you do? This October. So, yeah, just right now, six years. Can you believe six that? Six years. There you go. So how yeah. many episodes have you released? Like what number are you at? We are 223-ish, I think. It's like a real number. That's a real number. <laughs> I think we're 78 in there somewhere, but... How long know, have I you been like, doing yours? Um, Like over a year. So, okay. yeah. I so thought I'm, it had been going on longer than that. No, no. Well, I did do six weeks of a podcast back and back, back, you know, back then back in but, the day um yeah but um i was so busy with speaking and traveling that it was like how can we release these regularly you know and uh that would have been pre my book love me too so i did it for like six weeks and then i heard some statistic how like 97 percent of podcasts like end in their first thing i'm like well i helped that statistic because <laughs> it just wasn't <laughs> the right timing for me um and i was doing all the production and I'm not that great at it. So it was like major slowdown of my brain activity to it's a know, lot of work. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't know because I have a production company that doesn't <laughs> so do I. So do I. Yeah, but Van Garrett Media, whoop, 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 right? It's but, a lot. Um, so I just show up and be me. I can totally, I can totally do that. You but can back do that. then it was just a little bit more than I could put on my plate with everything else that I was doing, but Mine came about because, you know, we, people are amazing, as you know, and yes. we, need to, we need to talk to people and hear their stories and learn. And I'm the lady at the grocery store who talks to people, you know, I'll talk <laughs> You're to the that one. Yeah, You're I'm that, that one. I'm that lady. <laughs> and I have, I, it is not uncommon to be literally like hugging someone in the grocery store uh, with, with their consent, by the way, you know, because we have, <laughs> what we have shared it's not uncommon at all for me to have these just like oh, beautiful moments with people. So that's the idea behind this, which I'm assuming I want to go into your story is there's, you know, so there's some origin story to why you got into the podcast and yours is love your story. Yep. The love okay, your story podcast. I was a little nervous that, but it seems like ours have a similar thing and that you're just grabbing people with their amazing stories. Um, a different genesis, but um, but that's what we're doing is telling stories for sure. I am more of a private person and I don't talk to people in grocery stores. 
Well, no, I'm saying saying the end result is similar, but I want to know what your genesis was. I know that you're not the person who goes with people in the grocery store. There's not too many of us, you know? (laughs) My husband is. He's part of your tribe. Okay, Um, excellent. If we're both at the grocery store, we'll never check out. We'll just be like chatting. You know, the genesis of the Love Your Story podcast comes from lots of years before, basically my whole life, you know, how our life events lead us one step at a time down the road to what we become and what we create, because those things give us experience. And with that experience, we create things and, you know, mine is no different. So, um, I come from a, a family that is staunchly Christian, you know, very religious families, very important and was raised that way. So you're and saying your family was. Yes. My family, my family of faith. origin. Well, family just, of origin. yeah, my yeah. family of origin within that um, I was, I'm LDS and was raised LDS and, you know, family's very important. And, and just mar- marriage is very important. members all over the country, the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, which happens <sighs> to be a predominant religion in this area, I would say probably 50% of Utah is a member of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Yep. So just give them, just in case people don't know what we're talking about. When we say LDS, so they don't think it's LSD, you know? <laughs> yeah. I do the same thing on my show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so with that, there's really staunch family values and with those family values, you grow up, you know, believing and thinking, you know, we picture as our, as children, we picture our best lives, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up and Mm -hmm. you picture a happy family and you picture all of those things. Well, I'm in my, well, fast forward to my thirties and I've already been through three husbands and this is very, um, certainly nonconformist, particularly at the time, this was what, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Which, and, you know, I'm, I'm 49 now. So, you know, last week was 20 years ago. Right? Yeah. And, um, and so from that, there was a lot of disbelief, like, how did my life turn out this way? Like, this wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be me. I'm a, I'm a good girl. I do good in the world. I have big dreams. I'm smart. I'm educated. I'm, you know, I've got all these things going for me. How did I end up with what looks like such a really, truly broken life. And there was, you know, I want to say a little bit of shame, but mostly disbelief and a sense of failure about those Mm -hmm. three marriages. And they were all different things. There wasn't a pattern I could find. It wasn't like I just gravitated toward abusive marriages. They, each of the situations were really, really difficult. It was 20 years of a lot of struggle, but always with different you know, different issues. So I couldn't find patterns to it. So it was just really confusing. And of course I continued to date because I didn't give up. Go fight went. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was adorable because you like this little like either you're like a a, a, a football game. Like, (laughs) yes, you know, we're gonna, you know, okay, I wanna I don't I don't this is very intriguing, but I have a question for you and I'd be interested in your your thoughts on this. So I think that the lie that we get caught into in religion is that there is going to be, if we do X, Y, and Z that the religion puts forward, that we will somehow avoid any suffering, avoid any pain. And I think that's from he who is poopy, because if you read any, you know, if you read the Bible, 
very faithful people like Job had really hard things. Abraham, really hard things, made mistakes. There's like not one story in all of scripture, both the Bible and the Book of Mormon, which is uh, unique to our faith, that people had it easy. So why is it when I talk to friends from, you know, all different religions, that there's this recurring theme of if I do certain things, then I'm going to have, you know, X, Y, and Z in my life. I can tell you the answer to that because I've spent a great deal of time thinking about it. I have too, but I'm interested in your... (laughs) In your, your think, thoughts on this, you have hit the nail on the head of what causes so many people to shift out of a belief of God, even. And the reason for that is because if you also read in the scriptures over and over, particularly in the Old Testament, they're they are always equating the people of God who live correctly are then blessed and. It's you see the same patterns in the Book of Mormon. You see the same patterns in all of Scripture, where it's indicated and so taught, either directly or even indirectly, that if you're doing what you're supposed to do, that God is going to bless you. And I think there's some sense of interpretation with everybody, particularly when you're young, that that you're going to be able to escape some of the harsher things. And naturally, you know, some of that's true. If you're not committing adultery, you're not going to, you know, have the blowback from that kind of thing. Like you're not going to have the blowback from sin, but, but as you get older, you start to realize that we live in a very mortal world and we're human and natural things happen to everybody all of the time because you are in the world. But I think, you know, I have family members, I have, Um, you know, had to go through the process of considering that myself. I have friends, lots of people for whom they either leave the church or leave religion or leave God, because those promises don't seem to be fulfilled when God doesn't show up for them. And so that's, I, I think it's huge, but I think it's specifically because it is taught that, you know, when, when Moses took, took the Hebrews out of Egypt. They were God's chosen people. And if they would do what he said, they would receive blessings and manna and inherit the, you know, the promised land and all kinds of things. So it's, it's taught and that's why people believe it, but they never, it's never through easiness that they get the blessing. You know, it's never like this smooth, you know, just you're born, everything works out, you know, And yet we keep falling into this idea that somehow we're going to get the good thing without going through the hero's journey. Right. Yeah. That's what people have to reconcile though. And I think that's part of the growth process of simply maturing in a spiritual sense as an understanding that in a, in a fallen world in in the mortal world, things are going to happen to everybody. Right. As I always say, my husband, uh, you know, when he got hit by a bus, I don't know if you know that happened, Lori, um, that I like to say, you know, I wasn't the one driving the bus, you know, and it wasn't like the bus driver was like, you know what, I wonder if I can hit a cyclist today. It wasn't this malicious thing. They just saw him and figured he could clear him. And he didn't, you know, he made a mistake. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a sin. It was just because this person, um, didn't have a good reference point for how big their vehicle was. It wasn't maliciously done, Um, but, you know, I don't think maybe they should be driving buses until they've had a little bit more training Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? But, you know, we humans were messy, and and I I pushed back against this idea when people say, oh, you know, I'm a good person, 
And then they're like mad that, you know, I'm a good person. So therefore I deserve Mm -hmm. certain things. Yep. Why did, why did this happen to me? Yeah. Right. And I went through that with, you know, my miscarriages, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and then it was like, wait a minute, (laughs) you know, the only thing that ever made a woman curse God in the Bible was (laughs) uh, the inability to have children, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Her whole, you know, it's, so it's like, I'm not, I'm not the first woman who has suffered with this. You well, know? And you, you know, I have come to a conclusion that I think is really beautiful, which is every godlike quality of let's just say patience or mercy or understanding. Those are only gained through having bad things happen to you so that you can gain them. For instance, you cannot be patient unless your patience is tried, unless you get to practice waiting on things. You cannot have empathy for something that you don't understand that you, that you have never experienced. You, you can't, um, know love if you haven't known the opposite of that, like each, you can't, you can't, you can't know forgiveness. You can't become someone who forgives unless someone has done something bad to you, difficult to you, painful to you that causes you to need to repent. And so when you talk about living, we say fallen world, because that's just jargon. But when you talk about living in a mortal world where bad things happen to you, truly those bad things are key to progressing as a human being, as a soul and becoming better. So there's reason. Yeah. No, and I, and I, I totally agree with you. And it's interesting how, when you look at, I would say, you know, archaic forms of religion, you know, even the, the root of Christianity, that if something bad happened to you, it was a curse from God. Mm-hmm. When the Bible does teach like, you know, through the story of Job, that it's because we live in a, a human world, you know, that bad things are going to happen to us and, you know, bad things don't equal but I think that's where sympathy and empathy go awry is, you know, oh, and I, I talk about this in my um, second TEDx talk that, you know, you know, why, why, oh, she got raped. It's because, you know, she was wearing a short skirt, you know, and that we distance ourselves from it. But then if somebody had been assaulted and, you know, nuns get raped, right? Like, it's not what you're, it's just being in the wrong place at the wrong time with somebody who wants to exercise their power, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, that, w- you know, how quickly we can turn to judgment when we think that because we're a good person is why we got X, Y, and Z instead of this place of humility that you're talking about of recognizing that bad things happen to all of us. Mm-hmm. And the gift is learning is through that getting to learn about ourselves and to become a better human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in religion, uh, you know, um, you know, more like God, which will always fail in doing, but, you know, more of a reflection of that. Well, and that's what the Love Your Story podcast is about very specifically, because the stories that we tell on there are not, well, they are specifically highlighting different difficult things that people have gone through. And then those people sharing what they learned, the meaning that they gained, the stuff that came out on the other side, so that people who have to also go through something similar can listen to the story as um, 
as we share stories with one another, the purpose of those stories, there are many purposes, lots of functions of story, but one of those functions is to illustrate how to do something. And so when someone tells a story of how they got through a rape or how they got through an eating disorder or how they got through a dysfunctional marriage, they're saying, I walked that path. This is how I walked it. But these are some things to look for if you have to walk it. And so Love Your Story is about specifically how do we accept all the messiness of our human story and come out on the other side and accept it for all that it was and truly love it, shake off the shame or the, like I was talking about with my story, the disbelief, the sadness, the the sense of failure. I had to, at some point, figure out how do I shake off my distrust of men? How do I? Yes. Um, let's go back to your story. Cause I, I wanted to kind of delve into that for a second, because mm-hmm. I, I knew you'd have a cool, cool thought. <laughs> um, but so you were where we left your story, you were in this place of three marriages and you're like, they weren't the same pattern. It was like different problems I was having in all of these and this feeling of abandonment. It can, is that a good word to summarize where you felt? The last one was abandonment that, you know, that he just took off after like a couple of months. He didn't ever move in at at all. (laughs) We got married and anyway, lots of weird and interesting stories, but there was, there was abuse, there was affairs, there was pornography, there was abandonment, there was all kinds of things. I got a little bit of everything. And you know, as I look back on it now, lucky me, a little of all the things, look at all the things I get to understand. (laughs) (laughs) No, but so at that point, I, I had a pretty big chip on my shoulder, but I, I, you know, I couldn't get rid of it. There was a lot of cynicism. There was a lot of distrust from the things that I had been through. And one day, one of my friends came into my office and said, Lori, I just got finished with this emotional intelligence training. And, you know, to be real honest with you, you need to come to grips with your issues with men. Ooh, good, 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 good. Wow. That's, that's good a friend. good friend. Yeah. Good friend. To be honest and, with you, you got a chip, you got to fix it. And so she said, I really think you'd get a lot out of this. And it was a big emotional intelligence training workshop that flew all the way across the country. It was in Ohio, but I really trusted her. And I knew that I was stuck. Like I knew, I knew that I had tried to get through it on my own and I, I didn't know how, um, I, I had used every, all the tools that I had and I just, you know, wasn't getting past it. And so I flew out to Ohio. I did the workshop. I did the next workshop. I did the next workshop and it was fabulous. It was just this huge pivotal place of coming to reframe my story, to understand what that looked like. And I had personal coaches that helped me. I, had, I like that word to reframe it. It's the same story, mm-hmm. same events, yeah. but you put it in a different frame. Yep. And that's what I help people do with love your story too, because you, all of us were so entrenched in the stories that we've told ourselves about the things that have happened to us that we can't see outside them. Like I I couldn't either. Like I needed a buddy to sit there with me and say, well, this is how I see it. Can, you know, consider this, the people who were in your life are no longer there. They didn't deserve to be there. You know, you worked really hard to try to fix what you could and to, you know, therapy and, you know, working with the people, but in the end, the people that weren't worthy are no longer in your story and look at the things you've learned. And, you know, there was this whole reframing process, but also a lot of tools, a lot of 
self-love and self-acceptance and story acceptance, right? You have to love your own personal story before you can really have a deep sense of self because without that acceptance, which then leads to, you know, loving where you've been and what you've learned from that experience, how do you ever really sit quietly with yourself and give what you have to give when, when you're at odds with you? Which, you know, I think, you know, making the the story arc of how we've been talking about, you know, the Bible, you know, scriptures and things like that. I always think that the real gift of living a God-centered life is not that the events of our life will be what we want, but that we will have peace. Mm. That's the real promise. And you just said that with being able to sit with yourself. I absolutely agree. No, that's right. And that's the promise. And I think we kind of miss it because we want the outward manifestation of, you know, the, 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 the house, the family, the, you know, whatever it is. And yet somehow that's not what the real story is, right? The real story is that you can sit with yourself and, you know, in in scriptural language, you can sit with God, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever, whatever it is, your belief system is this, this, uh, this theme is we become because of the difficulties. Mm, well said. No, well said. Well, thank you. It's just coming because of our awesome conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get back into uh, what, how, after this uh, self-help seminar that you oh. went to, you went to several of these. Um, yes. Did, did, their, did their whole program from beginning to end. And, and in the last part of the program, one of the things that you do is you think big, you're like, what is your dream? What is the thing you've given up on? And I'm a, I'm a trained writer. So I have a bachelor's degree in um, English writing, and I have a master's degree in folklore and my academic research is in personal narrative, which is story. So, you know, all of that woven together came to this place of um what do I want to spend like as I go to get my PhD what do I want to spend the next um whatever five seven years what question do I do I want to have asked and that's this big dream that we were talking about at at the end of this that my next level training was to create either to write a book or, and it turned into the podcast. So basically that's where the love your story podcast came from. And then that got set on the shelf and I went to do my master's work. That's where I gained my master's. So it was this, this compilation of um, academic work and writing a lot of academic things about story and all of my personal training on how to love your story, and then going through that process myself, right? How to do it. And all these things just got woven together. And that's how the Love Your Story podcast was born. But more importantly, that's also the process that I couldn't move into being the host of that podcast without having walked that path and come to love my own story and be at peace with it. I love it. I love it. I think that's a, a very, very cool origin story you know, and again, <laughs> just kind of shows how um, important those conversations are because we don't, not, I have not gone through three divorces, but I could relate through my personal experience 
of not getting something that I wanted, you know, babies, right? That we can connect each other with each other, even if we don't have similar experiences and sharing these stories of your podcast, of my podcast, of communication with other human beings. You've gone even deeper and studied, you know, the, the science of this. I'm like, man, she is super qualified to be doing her podcast. I love it. Right. I'm just a talker. So that's, that's my qualification, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then I love people and we can learn so much from each other. Yeah, we can. And, you know, that's, what's been fun about doing the podcast for me is that um, having a journalistic background, right. Because I've, I have published in magazines and newspapers, hundreds, well, not hundreds, but about 110 articles. And then I have about, well, six books at this point. And so a lot of journalistic experience, which translated into interviewing for the podcast has been super fun and super natural for me. And so taking sort of the academic and then my background of writing and all of that, weaving it together, it's just really a fun fit. But you know, let's go back to the beginning where we talked about the things that we experience along our path, shape who we become and what we do, but what we're talking about at the beginning. And so all of these pieces, when you say, you know, who is Lori, who, who is any person, it's a very complicated mix of things, but that path that we walk, all of those things come together in informing who we are and what we do. And that's always interesting as we share that with each other, the more diversity, the better. Well said. I I think it's, um, you know, we talk about echo chambers, right? And, you know, it's a a word that's only been around for the last few years that I remember hearing it. But we need diverse stories. We need diversity in how we approach a situation, how we approach problems. Mm. And we're not going to get that if we're only talking to people that are exactly like us. Mm. Well, and I think this comes back to what you're talking about also with judgment. So important not to judge anybody's path because not only is everybody learning something different, but everybody is coming from such different places, like not only nature and nurture, but the hot buttons, the things you've been through that you make you sensitive to certain things. Like it's a wonder any of us can communicate with each other at all because (laughs) of the, the lenses that we will interpret everything through. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so the judgment thing, it's when the Bible says, don't judge. I mean, there is so many reasons, so many levels of reasons not to judge. Yeah. Cause we, we don't know what those issues are at the same time. I think it's important that, um, I, the other day I was somewhere and somebody says that he was kind of rude and I laughed and then other people in the room kind of were like, Oh my crap, that was rude. And then we're able to laugh and they were like, oh yeah, that's right. Lead is hard to offend. And I was like, oh my heavens. Yeah. You have, you have to work really hard to offend me, you know? And I was really pleased that that was what this room of people knew about me because I'm not giving my power to how I feel about Lita, my life, my day, my potential, even to a thoughtless comment and then come to find out it wasn't intended to be that way. The person Mm -hmm. was mortified. So I was able to be like, oh, it's totally okay. And so I I have a little joke that you have to intend to offend me in order for me to think about if I'm going to give you that power. (laughs) Well, I love your point there about giving the benefit of the doubt. That's one of the 21 challenges that I have in my book, Life, Living Intentional and Fearless Every Day, the 21 challenges. And each of those challenges are about 
their life hacks. There are many life hacks for you to try out over those 21 days and then keep the ones that you love. And one of them is giving the benefit of the doubt. And I love this one. And I love watching when people do it and share their experiences because it's a relationship saver. Not everybody can have like, let the water roll off their back. Like you do. I mean, people are sensitive well, to no, a whole varying a skill degrees that I have chosen to develop yes. because and I, love I spent that. so much time being hurt um, in my family culture every innuendo there's a lot of hinting mm-hmm. uh, you know there's meaning behind every word mm-hmm. and when I lived among the deaf people um, I had the opportunity to serve a mission for my church among um, the deaf people they d- there's no ability to hint in the language mm. it's a very full and very diverse language I don't want people to think it's a simple language but you can't hint and in fact if you try to hint one time I saw somebody doing that and this deaf person said, are you being hearing? <laughs> and, you know, that really has struck me so deeply because so much of communication is happening with words, but most of it is our body language and our tone and, our, you know, eye contact, things like that. Right. Sure, sure. And we can say, oh, it's fine. And when anyone who's heard me say that knows it's not fine, but that if you were to say, well, it sounds like you don't think it's fine. I go, no, I said it was fine. Why are you so, right? You can start to see this conflict arise because I'm not being honest about what I'm really feeling. Well, and I love that you made the choice to acquire just, you know, not to be offended. We all have the choice of whether or not to be offended in any given situation. And that's a powerful choice to make. But well, when it sounds you- like you did the same thing, you know, in your book that- and- Well, that comes natural. Your life. We're we're similar that way. It's like, I'm, I'm, it takes a lot to offend me. And also just because I understand humans and I understand communication and I understand, you know, you might've said something, I'm going to have a clearing conversation with you if I'm hurt by it and other, and, and chances are I'm not hurt by it because I, you know, I've got things under control and right. But, you know, as we're going back to your point about communication with people and not being allowing that a conversation to, you know, to be judging in that conversation, right. That we, that we do need to clarify if we do feel triggered Mm -hmm. and to be sensitive that something we might say might hurt someone's feelings. It becomes a two-way conversation of them saying, Hey, you don't know this about me, but it's really hard to have this conversation, or it's really hard for me to hear that. And then for the other person to be like, okay, exercising some empathy, I'm sorry, but it can't be like, um, you know, um, when I had some miscarriages, I had a friend who said, I know you're angry at me that I have children. And I was like, no. And she's like, and she, she, in her mind, because she had kids and I didn't, she was putting a barrier up in our friendship. And she's like, no, I just don't feel like I could talk to you because I know it's painful for you, which means I can't talk about my kids. And I was like, I want to be able to talk to people who have kids. I want to be able to feel like someday that will be me. And another person might, yeah, I don't want to talk to people who have kids, but give that person the opportunity to choose. And it put a wedge between our friendship that I did not want there because she had a presupposed idea that this is how I would feel. 
Well, wait, what you're illustrating is she had, she created a story. So we're coming back to stories all the time, but we as humans create stories about, about what's going on, about what people think. So many of those times, those stories are based on absolutely nothing that actually materially happened. And if you can become aware of that, this is another skill that is huge. And it brings us back to the giving people the benefit of the doubt. That particular life hack is crucial and relationship saving because there is so much miscommunication that just naturally happened, like we talked about because of all these differences. But if you have a friend and you know you feel hurt by them, let's say, or something has happened, if you can give them the benefit of the doubt that they are doing the best that they can with whatever they have at this time, and that your friendship is important enough that you will have a clearing conversation with them, and you go in not defensive, you can save relationships. And sometimes you don't even need to have the conversation if you'll give the benefit of the doubt. But Lita, if you don't mind, I have a a fabulous communication tip that I could share. Perfect. Go for it. Love it. Okay. So the first of November, the love your story podcast has a whole podcast on this and it's called clearing conversations because we do life hacks also for how to create your best life story. But this is really, really cool because what happens is when you have a miscommunication with someone that five steps, you go up to that person genuinely, let's say that it's a good friend, right? You want to maintain the relationship. They've done something that hurt you. So you go and you say, I would like to have a clearing conversation with you. All you have to do is hold the space. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you some things. The first step is that you, you tell the event um, without emotion, just the facts of it. So um, the experience that I used on this episode, which you can listen in for all the details was I had been working with a co-host of mine on the podcast and I had been messaging her for probably a month on Voxer and she hadn't gotten back to me. So in my mind, so that that's the the thing. The, the issue is I've been trying to get a hold of you and you're not responding to me. The second step is that you say the story that I have created about me because of this interaction is. So the story I had created about me was that I was being obnoxious by continuing to try to get a hold of her and that she, um, you know, probably wasn't appreciating it. And then the third step is the story I've created about you. So the story I've created about you in this situation is that you are tired of working with me. You don't want to do this anymore. You, you know, you've got something else going on. That's way more interesting. Those are all things I created. None of that was real. Those are just the stories I created in my mind. Yes. Yeah. And, and then the next step is to say, um, so you say this, say the event without emotion, just facts. Then the story I created about me, the story I created about you, the, what this means to me, um, the story that I've created about this, this whole thing is that you don't want to work with me anymore. And that we're, you know, that this is all over. And then she gets a minute to sit with that and clarify and come back afterwards. She'll hold the space and then she'll come back afterwards and have a chance to say, Oh my gosh, Lori, I am responsible for, you know, turning off my notifications. I didn't even see those until just last week. So I didn't even know you were doing that. So I get to be, she gets to be responsible for not being present, but she's very mature. So, you know, she knows the process. 
I, I get to be responsible for not being present. And that's not what happened at all. I just turned off. I was super busy. So I wasn't present to my notifications on Voxer and you know, that's where we sit with things. And, and just that process, like quick process, give the benefit of the doubt, go and have that clarifying conversation. And the thing I love about it is that when you say to someone, the story I've created about me, the story I've created about you, the story I've created about this situation, something about the words, the story takes real responsibility for it. Like I'm the one that created this. And so then the other person doesn't get defensive. You know, it's not like you're attacking them. You didn't Absolutely. answer my calls. You know, it's what's separate wrong? from you. Because mm-hmm. um, I was waiting for, you know, somebody she loved got hit by a bus and she was busy or, you know, something like that. <laughs> but um, the other thing I love about this process is so often people avoid having those kind of conversations because they're afraid of having their story validated, right? Like, yes, really, I really don't value or whatever. When, when you have that conversation, you got to find out it was something is, um, benign as she just didn't have her um, notifications on Mm -hmm. that you, then she got to affirm with you the value of working with you and negating the story, but you Mm -hmm. would have never gotten your story um, challenged if you hadn't had the conversation. And I always tell people like in any relationship, if you can work through your difficulties, it gets sweeter after that. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, um, I'm not the same person I was when I got married almost 25 years ago and nor is my husband. And that might look like a bad thing. No, that's, gotta, that's always gotta be a good thing. <laughs> no, but you know, it may seem like on the, you know, to a 20 year old, who's, you know, trying to find their person, which I'm like, you're too young. Your brain hasn't finished for me, but you know, I have a son with a serious girlfriend, so I, I can't say these things, but um, you know, the, the beauty is getting to know another human soul deeply and if their Mm -hmm. character traits are good which um is it okay with the remaining time we have left just to give us a little bit of clarifying you talked about boundaries and so we've just talked about having sticky conversations with people but when is it that you know you say i release you to the wild you you know you are not worthy of being in my circle what's a good tip you have for people like that so we're not confusing the two because we can go deeper into things into relationships, but there's also sometimes you hit a relationship where it is toxic or unsafe or a divorce has to happen. Oh, I was wondering why you were asking me that question. (laughs) I I think the answer to it is that it's different for everybody. I think when something starts being harmful enough to you that it's crippling you, that you can't function, um, I Lita, I'm, I don't know that I'm the one to answer that because I yeah, feel like me, it's so individual. For me, I think it's about accountability. Because in the thing you just phrased, that the person was willing to, oh, oh, thank you for letting me know it was my notifications. Or, oh, I'm sorry that my words were hurtful to you. Instead of being like, why are you hurt? What's your problem? You're just too sensitive, you know, gaslighting or whatever. So I think the difference is that the person is willing to take up accountability and to work with you and to partner with you and having healthy communication or healthy lifestyle. If they're not, then, you know, I just call it, they could be, they could be great for other people, mm. but you get to release them to the wild. And that's my, my been giving somebody who's been abusive or toxic to me, the benefit of the doubt to release them to the wild. I mean, there are other people you can go be close to, mm-hmm. but you don't get to be close to me. If you can't take responsibility for your actions that are damaging. 
Well, and don't you think it's different between someone you're married to and just, you know, a friend? I think you have commitments in a marriage situation where you you work really, really hard to work through things so that right. you don't release them to the wild until you've really, you know, fought yeah. hard to get that partnership to work right. and, you know, and been humble yourself and learned and worked. So, you know, it depends on what the relationship is as to how much you're going to take before you release them to the wild. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's part of getting to know yourself, right? Like what you were talking about earlier, being able to sit at peace of knowing mm. where your no-go zones are. Yeah. I have mine. If you yell at me, we're done. Mm. And I will give people a warning, but if you can't control the tone and yelling, um, that is too much for, that is something that I will not tolerate. I've had my fill, you know, and in my childhood, I was yelled at way too much. And so if, so, you know, I put my hand up in people's, I'm like, if you cannot control your tone right now, professionally, we will be cut off from each other. And mm. I've had to do that twice in my 30 years, I guess, of being a professional, because most people go, you're right. I shouldn't be yelling in a professional space. You're, you're right. I am too emotional right now. Let me go to a different place. Right. So, but again, that goes back to accountability, but Believe I think it's, it's okay. yeah, it's great that you know yourself that well. And that also, I think when you have those boundaries, that it's a great idea like you say, to give a warning, to be able to communicate that to another person so that they understand they're close to crossing a boundary. And if they value the relationship, they can pull up, you know, because we all have those different boundaries, but we need to let people know what they are. Right. And, but you also can't give power to other people to how you feel about yourself. And so Mm -hmm. uh, it goes back to the great point you mentioned earlier about how the value of, of finding your story and reframing your story. Mm is not about those events, but about the gift of knowing yourself and how that helps you connect with the world. Well, we could talk for a ton more time, but I know that your window is tight and um, thank you. You, you brought awesome professionalism and so many great tips for my listeners today. And I hope that um, people check out love your story. And of course that, that podcast and that information, and I, hopefully your books as well will be included in the show notes for people to see that. And thank you, Lori, for sharing some of your story. We love thank it. you, Lita. It's been so fun to talk with you really, truly. Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. And thank you for the listeners for listening to this episode of share your hotness with Lita Green and Lori Lee today. Woo woo. <laughs>The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.